Hey, it's BT from Tales from a Gemini. This week's guest is comic Mike Eshack. He calls himself Public Enemy because he's from Yemen. He's a Muslim, but he eats bacon. He was in the Marines. I'm telling you, this episode is straight fire. It starts off crazy, I mean, but it's a good, fun, crazy. I, I guarantee you, you will love this episode. We had fun. We talked religion. We talked his family, why he got in the Marines. I'm telling you, you're going to love this episode. Mike Eshack, enjoy it. Here we go. One, two, three. Hey, welcome to Tales from a Gemini, man. Let's just get right to it. My guest is late. He's late. You know why he's late? This is a sign of our weak-ass society. The reason we're late is because he said, and I quote, I had gluten last night. That's why, bro. I had gluten last night. Not the fact he, that you know he has. Not the fact he hung over. He had gluten. Who says that shit? You know what? The Russians should just skip uh, the Ukraine and just come over here and invade us. We had gluten. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, I I'm, mean, I'm, 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 yeah, we agree with that. But fuck gluten, though. <laughs> you had. Gl that's why he's late for this podcast because he had gluten last night. We're the weakest we've ever been as a society. Yeah, we had gluten. That's yeah. why you look like shit. Because you had gluten. Yeah, I do look like shit, but I still look good, though. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, whatever, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest, I didn't even introduce you. My guest today is, he's an uh, actor. He's a comedian. I worked with him before. Matter of fact, he's at the place now where I worked with him before I met him. Funny guy, number one on the TSA no-fly list. He's also a veteran. He's a Marine. He's from Detroit. Mike Ishak, my buddy Mike. Yeah, bro. I'm the most confusing motherfucker there is, bro. I'm like, I'm Arab, a Muslim. I'm also a Marine, so I want to kill myself. And then I eat bacon. It's like, what? You want to hate me, but you can't. And you know, you're like, man, I hate this Arab, but he kills Arabs. All right. <laughs> you're what we call a sellout. What we call a fucking sellout. You're a Muslim. I know it's not a sellout. That's an American, bro. I'm American. Okay, man, whatever, man. I mean, when it all breaks down, and before you can say that, that trust me, you, you've, been in, you've been in the military with fucking country boys before. They look at you oh, as yeah. A-Rab first, and then, oh, yeah, you're an American. Uh, for the most part. I, once, once they get to know me, you know what I'm saying? Hey, That's the only but, thing I hey, love about but, the military. But when it all breaks down, they're not going to want to get to know you. Because the story, oh, no, you, they do. The story you told on stage was one of the greatest stories. I mean, it's funny. The KKK guy. Oh, man, hey, you, know you what? love that one. Please tell that story for the people because honestly, that's what made me go. I said, you know what? I got eventually. I'm gonna get this guy on my podcast because that story yeah. is that story is golden. When you get a comedy special and you will, because that's how funny you are, you got to oh, tell that story. That, so, to, to please tell that story to the people. Um, the real yeah, well, story. The version. The real story. Yeah. There's the there's the version of it that I do on stage, nah, and then there's the that. real one. Yeah, give me the, the real, real one, bro. One. Give me the real. Cause we keep it real. The real one. The real one's a little, a little, uh, a little, a little. You know, it's got. It's uh, it's. I keep I keep the realness out of the actual uh, set because I think it kind of makes the audience go, oh, you know, you feel bad. But but when I was at boot camp, um, all of our names were alphabetical. That's how they lined us up in the barracks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my last name, I spell it for the screen with an E, but it's really spelled with an I. And next to me, uh, the bunk next to me was a guy named Hatfield. And Hatfield was in the KKK. His whole family was in the KKK. His entire neighborhood, the town that he was in was in the KKK. This guy had KKK branded on his arm like he was cattle. It was burnt into his 
arm. It said KKK. This guy had an underbite. He had fucked up teeth. He had a fucked up accent. He'd wake up half hour early every fucking morning just so he could wake up and stare at me till I wake up. And then when I wake up, he look at me because I can't wait to go to war, motherfucker. You the first motherfucker I kill. So, so you're saying he was a cop? But <laughs> <laughs> he sure he was destined to be a cop, right? <laughs> that motherfucker, destined to be a cop. Instead, he became a marine. He became a super cop. So, um, yeah, this guy really, really hated me, man. But it was crazy because, like, after like three months of the Marine Corps boot camp breaking him down, and then seeing everybody come in together as one cohesive unit. Uh, like he he kind of everybody kind of grew on him, you know, and then, then we graduated and this guy was crying and he, he was so happy. And then we got sent off to Marine combat training. And after the Marine combat training graduation, I noticed he wasn't at the graduation. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? And then when we lined up on the buses to to finally leave the school to be Marines for real. I, we were all in our dress uniforms and I'm looking around and I don't see him. And we're about to get on the bus and I look up and there's a guard tower. And he was on duty at the guard tower in his camouflage uniform. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing up there? Yeah. So I ran up there and we had a talk and dude, this guy was crying. And I was like, what, what's going on, man? And he's like, man, Man, my whole family's in the KKK. He's like, I tried to get away from them. He goes, my whole family's fucked up. They're all strung out on heroin. And, you know, I just joined the Marine Corps so I can get away from that shit. And they fucking caught me with heroin. Popped. He goes, they're kicking me out of the Marine Corps, man. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? I just never saw someone so sad, dude. Yeah. Like, you could tell he was really trying to escape that. Yeah. Like, deep down in his soul was trying to escape that. And, and now the Marine Corps was sending him back to that and he was terrified of going. And I remember he told me, he put his hand on my shoulder and he's like, man, Ishak, you the coolest motherfucker I know, man. He goes, I swear to God, I'm gonna go back home and I'm gonna tell everyone I know I met the coolest Arab. And I was like, don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we're cool lie. bro that's my favorite fucking story we're cool <laughs> don't, don't do that don't, don't, don't do that i like you a lot bro just don't do that just go home act racist have everyone like you okay bro deep down i know you love arabs okay we're good <laughs> <laughs> i just love i mean you have to see the story on stage we go no 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 don't do that man I am not going to lie. That's, that's, that's got to be one of the funniest stories. And also, it's also a story of redemption in a way in that all that hate was broken down because you were bonded by a single element where you had to be a cohesive group, and he saw that yeah. people are just people. I mean, if, yeah. you look, if you look beneath it, and that's what the beauty of that story is. It, it's hilarious, but it's also the beauty I of leave out the part that he gets kicked out. I leave that yeah, whole part yeah. out. But, but it's good, though, because it makes people yeah. go, oh, you know, like, like he is yeah, a fuck yeah. up. But also, yeah. that I mean, they're all fuck up. I mean, it's of like okay they're in a group like oh they're a hate group but they're also addicted to you know to meth or whatever so they're also a bunch of fuck ups basically you know what i mean so yeah but the fact he wanted to escape i mean you do the joke it's so beautiful because it is layered with a lot 
but the way you deliver it on stage, it's so just per- when you get your comedy special, you have to do that because that that to me, you know, everybody has that defining joke. You know, like I, I think, you know, Kevin Hart had a defining joke. Uh, uh, Eddie Murphy with the, you know, the ice cream and this and that. But that's your, to me, that's your defining. Really, that's, that's the one. Oh wow! Because you know what, BT, you're the one that makes me want to keep doing that. Because a lot of the times, I leave that part out of the overall jokes. The overall joke about me joining the Marines, discovering bacon, seeing the light, and all that shit. You know, that Hatfield story is kind of mixed into that that whole that whole thing. Uh, but I never go deep into it on stage with him getting kicked out because I'm afraid that's going to be too hard to like. No, I know I, I get that part, but I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. It's kind of yeah, weird. It's that- I mean, him, man. That's up to you. If I were you, I'd go on an open mic and just work that part out. You know, go go to go to an open mic and work that part out because open mic is what open mics are for. Mm. To go there, mm. work shit out because you already know what works in the joke. But get to that part and get to that part and make it funny. You know, maybe you have to maybe you have to talk it out. You know, like I saw a picture with you and Chris Rock, and that's what he does sometimes. He'll literally take a book on stage and just read the joke out, and that's how you know yep. a joke is good yep. if you just read it yep. and it's funny. So if I were yep. you, I'd go through that part and go, you know. You know, you're the coolest A-Rap man. And the fact that he had KKK tattooed, I, know, I mean, you're brand, I know, bro. That's, that's worse than a neck tattoo. You know what I mean? I know, man. So, And the fact that you br- you brought that motherfucker down, and he goes, man, you're the coolest. It just showed how people can really actually change if they're around yeah, people and they bro. see who, re- you know, who, who what really what really people and are. It also, it also points out how important redemption is, and that's something that we fucking lost today. Today, it's like we don't give people a chance to redeem themselves, man. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, you know? I, I've never seen society in, in the way it is now. It's almost like they're acting like everybody has to be a Jesus, like everybody has to be perfect. And if you go back and somebody's like like 10, exactly. year, 10 years from now, they, oh, he said this? Yeah, that was 10 years ago. I'm not the same person. And, you know, it's like it's like if you're 20 and they go, look, look what you did when you were 10 years old. Really, I was fucking ten years old. I was a fifth grader. Exactly. I mean, you know what I mean. You're exactly. about to start drinking, exactly. but then you, you're, but you're gonna be denied that fact because at ten in fifth grade, you fucking hit a girl in the in the arm because you like exactly, it. That's, exactly. That's what our society's like. It's so it's it, we're almost getting it's worse weird in a way. Yeah, it's getting worse. Like you would think that technology would have got to a point where one, it would enlighten us, and two, we would be doing less work. But no, it went the opposite. Now it's making us latch on to our past mistakes more than ever and on top of it now we're doing more than ever like you would think the road the, the, the robots would have took over by now so i could just sit down but in a way though in a way they have because i think the truth is starting to be revealed and people are starting to chip away at the truth and that's why they have to send in these elements of of, of, of disinformation to have you look in this way because anyway, the truth is slowly starting to be revealed with the technology with technology now now remember back in the day you could just tell somebody something go okay yeah that, that was the truth yeah and we 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 did, i mean we did kind of go hmm but we took it as okay, that's the truth or whatever. Or, or, or if you didn't believe them, you could. I mean, you had to really like dig, dig, dig to find the truth. You had to go to the library. You had to like maybe talk to like the storytellers. They go, no, here's the real truth. I mean, everybody, everybody's talking about CRT, uh, critical race theory, or whatever. But growing up, my dad told me the truth about what happened. And I don't know how he knew it because he didn't have Google. He had nothing. Yeah. But, but he yeah, told yeah. me shit that was the truth. And now I'm going. Daddy was right, but Daddy didn't have a computer. How did he know that shit? Because or something he was wrong. Sometimes definitely they were wrong. You know, right, my dad. That's, that's another thing that you start finding out with the with the internet. You where you're just like everything you thought that you thought was 
way it was, then you look deeper and you're like, oh no, that that's not the way it was. Like, I think, I think people easily, we think that things are the truth and then we keep finding out later on if you dig deeper, it's not. Like I remember growing up in Islam, the women would have to pray in the back. And as a kid, I was always, I didn't like my, me and my sister and my mom going in the back when we went to the mosque. And I remember I asked my dad, I'm like, why do the women go to the back? And my dad, to give me a lesson about how we should protect our women, he said, that's because the men put themselves in front of the women so that we protect them. And then basically it's like, you know, it's a symbolism of we put ourselves in front of the women to protect them, so on and so forth. So the idea is kind of good. The idea is, hey, are you gonna protect your sister? Yes, I'm gonna protect my sister. Will you protect your mother? Yes, I'll protect my mother. But in it comes a thing where it's like, hey, we're men, we're better than women. And then later on the internet comes out and I do some research about that one thing. Why do women pray in the back? And then you find out that the prophet Muhammad actually had a very more logical reason. It had nothing to do with men are better than women. And that? that that was in Islam, we have to bend over when we pray multiple times. We bend over. Your ass is up in the air. What woman's gonna feel comfortable bending over in front of a man? Oh, oh man, I never heard of that. That's awesome, dude. I mean, seriously. Simple. Yeah. Simple. I love that. Simple. But then throughout the millennia, men were just like, we're better than women. That's why. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. So it's like to me, it's like a lot of the internet has enlightened us to this whole fuck this, all this stuff that I thought thought was true is not true. And then stuff that comes out today, you dig deeper, you realize, fuck, even that wasn't true. So man, you know. should put that on stage, man. You, you, you could be a, a better vestibule for Islam than, than anybody out there. That means, I, I oh, mean, did you like that story? Was dude, that interesting? That's a great story, but I mean, just break it down to you know, you get to the funny quicker. But yeah, you, you yeah, know, for sure, for sure. That, but that's great though, man, because you could be a vestibule for Islam. I mean, a, a more positive one. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I mean, because growing up, even to this day, you know, we were taught to, I mean, we were, but they kind of made it to that they were the enemy, even though it was the extremists, which within every religion, there's the extremists. But you always made For Islam sure. like, like they like they were the uh, like they were the bad guys when they're sure. really not. But but the, what we kind of did, like you pointed the finger and you look at it's domestic terrorists, the ones over here, the domestic terrorists are the biggest threat to American democracy of anybody. But our you, politicians. Politicians are the worst pieces. Of Look, shit. our politicians are fucking gangsters. Politicians are, are the about? worst pieces of shit. I mean, I'm, yeah, man. Marjorie, Gray, uh, Marjorie uh, Taylor Green, she's horrible. I mean, I mean, all of them, all of them are. I mean, there's no shining star in, pol- in politics. I mean, think it's about simple it. divide and conquer, bro. It's just a simple divide and conquer. So divide what? and conquer. That's what it's all about. Now you, you were born into Islam, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, my whole family is very Muslim. I don't really believe in it anymore. Um, you know, I, I did a lot of mushrooms, <laughs> so I kind of thought myself out of it. <laughs> I I met God for real, real, and uh, she's a hot uh, she's a hot uh, bunch of geometric patterns, and uh, <laughs> and I feel safe around her. <laughs> Hey, fuck what I just said about you being a great vestibule for Islam. Now you went right back to square one. Oh, hey, listen, man, if anything, if anything, I believe uh, as much as I don't practice Islam and I don't literally believe in it. And, uh, you know, religion to me is kind of just uh, it's such a mess in general. It's just human beings running amok trying to figure out God is how I look at religion. It's you know, control. And, 
It, it, it kind of is. And but at the same time, there are some really good teachings in there. And, um, you know, I think that all these religions are humans attempt to be more moral and just. And then throughout time, people end up taking those systems and using it to their advantage. At the, and that at happens the core, all the time. At the core of all religions, at the core of life is faith. Now, faith, yeah. no matter what religion, faith is one of the greatest things you can have. Because without, I think it was Don Dawkins who said, I'd rather live uh, with faith and die without hope. I mean, Don Docker was a prophet. That's 80. Amen. But anyway. That's a great, yeah, well, that's great. That's a great line though. Well, yeah, I mean, because in my dreams, it's still the same. Your love is strong and still remains, but that's 80s metal. But either way, it's all about faith and hope. Now that's the basis. And if you, and if you can go from there, it's great. But after that, then it gets into this and that. And, and you, you know, you can't do this. You can't do that. I remember watching the Louis CK thing and he, man, he said something that just resonated with me. He was talking about the 10 commandments and he goes, and he just, as a throwaway line, he goes, by the way, rape it in there, by the way. And he just, as a throwaway line, I go, Oh my God, that's true. Rape it in there, you know, but, but, <laughs> go, but, but say the guy's name with, you know, with a little like, you know, a little stank on it. Then you're going to hell. Really? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, and that's, yeah. And that's what it's like. And it's like sometimes if I think religion is almost it's almost the curse because we've been taught now me and Vince talked about this last night. You know, you're brought up and you're taught like this, you know, you believe in God and this and that. and blah blah. But if you sure. step away from it and then start mm-hmm. questioning it, you go, man, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of mind controlish in a way. And if you just look yeah. at it with faith and throw things out to the universe without putting a oh, God, this and that. Hey, man, it's almost still the same, almost. If you throw it out to the universe and say it without saying, oh, God, could you just just throw it out there? It comes back to you. Not maybe at the time you want it to, but eventually it does. It gets back to you. There's things in my life that are happening where I threw it out to the universe and it eventually comes back and I'll go, wow. Yeah, that has happened. But at the same time, it's also soothing. It's soothing to, like, have, um, you know, even though I was raised in a religion, I have faith. I like to think critically about it. And and a lot of times, you know, I can critically think myself out of it, right? You can like (laughs) critically think yourself out of faith and be like, oh, I'm just fooling myself. That's all it is. But at the same time, there's something about prayer. There's something about putting good intentions out there. There's something about having that energy when you see a friend of yours going through something bad and putting that that intention out there that things are better for them uh, or, or other people. There's something about that energy that not only may or may not have a direct effect outwardly, but has a huge effect inwardly in, in terms yeah. of how it makes you feel. And yeah. I think that's very important. I think a lot of people need that. Because, it, you know, because if you, everybody has a positive vibe, it raises vibrations. And you can, and vibrations, sure. you can feel that. Vibrations. So, yeah, yeah you throw it out there. Even though you might say it in prayer. You might say a good thing like this lady walking down the street. I'm like, man, I wish the best for her today. I hope she has a great day. Right? Yes. And, and so you feel good. How good it. does that make you feel? It makes me feel good. And then if she doesn't, and honestly, and this sounds weird, but if I say, see her smile or wave, then it makes me feel good. Because I know she, that's, a, that's a positive way. So it's, a, it's about positivity. And positivity that's comedy, raises, baby. It raises, it raises your vibration. And that's what that's it comedy, matter. baby. Yeah, and that's what it is, man. That's comedy, baby. Com- when you leave a comedy show, people should go, "Oh my God, yes, let's go yeah, back now." Bro. I mean, honestly, like a like a date. I mean, what we do, we're the foreplay. If we're doing our job right, when somebody leaves a comedy club, think about it. They got a little buzz on. They got a great laugh on, and now they're sure. going to go do that. Sure. They're going to go get nasty, and get naked. Sure. And we did all that. We did sure. all that. Sure. And that's a beautiful thing, man. It's a, sometimes I take that for granted. Sometimes I take for granted. 
the energy that I'm giving people at a show. No, I'm, I'm talking about me. That's a beautiful I'm, I'm thing. About me, not you. I'm talking about me, not you. But yeah, it's more <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean. Think about it. All I right. guarantee this is you, where these black guys fuck me yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're surrounded by black dudes, man, in front and back. But it's like, listen, but it's the truth though. Think about it. I guarantee you, more people go home and bone after a comedy club than after church. Church is supposed to be positive, but I guarantee you more people go home and fuck after a comic club than they do after church. Sometimes. Some, well, that's why funny people like us can get a lot of play a lot of the times, because sometimes getting just a girl to laugh or another person to laugh uncontrollably makes that connection even easier. You know? And the same thing with going to a comedy club. If you take a girl to a comedy club and she's laughing and you're laughing and you guys are bonding and laughing over the same thing. That's an aphrodisiac right there. It is. And then, and then you know, you're, you're an all right dad. I mean, you're kind of short, but still, you know, girls like, you know what? I'm going to throw him this bone. I make up for it elsewhere, bro. <laughs> Fucking Yemeni. <laughs> Which is great. You know, we right next to Africa, cuz. <laughs> so you trying to say you're That's black true. now? You trying to say part of you is black? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, I mean, I mean, listen, man. I did my 23 and me and yeah, my people, my, 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 my family were hoes, hoes, man. They hoes. <laughs> I'm supposed to be hundred percent Yemeni. It's like, nah, man, I got some African in there, some Chinese. How did that fucking happen? <laughs> you got Chinese in there? A little bit. Yeah. Really? A little bit of Chinese, some Indonesian and maybe Thai. Really? Because my family, my family's from Yemen, but we're from this area called Hadramut. And the Hadrami Yemenis were the adventurers of Yemen. The Hadrami Yemenis were the only Yemenis that built ships and got the fuck out of Yemen because the part of Yemen that my fam my people were from was a very rough, harsh, arid, dry desert area. Nothing grew. And uh, it was hard for them to get to the more fruitful side of Yemen because there's a treacherous mountain range that separated that part of Yemen. So my people before Islam were, were seafarers trading all along the Indian Ocean, living all across Asia before Islam even sprouted. And a lot of historians say that's the reason why Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world is because the Yemenis were already there before Islam started living within those communities. So that when Islam started sprouting in the Middle East, the Yemenis already acted as a conduit, passing that message along. Look at me. You look at you learning me. Look at you learning me. <laughs> you know what you look like? You look but, but, but that goes to show why, even though my uh, heritage, Hadrami Yemenis, were only allowed to marry other Hadrami Yemenis. They were so proud of their culture. So for um, hundreds and hundreds of years, anytime a Yemeni in Asia wanted to marry another Yemeni, they could only marry another Hadrami Yemeni. All, so much so that my mother's family did it with my dad. When my dad asked my mom's hand in marriage in Indonesia, they sent two of her brothers back to Yemen to the fucking village to confirm that my dad was of that bloodline. That's how that's how strict that tradition really, really is. And uh, what's crazy is, is that that means I'm supposed to be 100% Yemeni. That's how that long tradition is. And what's funny is, is that my mom's family sent my dad to uh, there to go see, make sure that my dad was 100% Yemeni. And when I did my 23andMe, it turns out my dad was the one that had uh, 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 more Yemeni in him than my mom. My mom is 100% Saudi Arabian for some reason. Whoa. Wow. 
So it seems that maybe my mom's family was more strict with it because if you trace the pure Yemenis, they trace back to Saudi Arabia. So it's really, really interesting that my mom's family, it seems her bloodline was very strict with that whole not fucking anybody else. But my dad's family seems to be the hoes because <laughs> on my dad's side, I got some African in me. I got some Chinese, I'm like whatever. So if you pass by the village, and you were hot. Hey, you were going to get it. Basically. What yeah, you was going to get it. That was it. <laughs> Either way, your whole family's a walking security risk at the airport. All right. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I send off every biometric scanner in the goddamn world, bro. <laughs> every 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 biometric scanner is like Osama, what Osama? <laughs> and here's the thing: oh, what people don't know is Osama's Yemeni. No, are you serious? He's Saudi Arabian in terms of that's where his family lived. Bloodline, he's Yemeni. Whoa. Wow. So so even if he did 9-11, he was he was Yemen if he did it. If he did it. Well, he was still Saudi Arabian because he was a Saudi Arabian prince, but his bloodline is he's Yemeni. Wow. Look at you. And yeah. you're learning me, bro. <laughs> yeah, me. fucking it up for the Yemenis too. I'm fucking it up for the Yemenis. <laughs> Edit that out, bro. No, I'm not. I'm a Puerto Rican it. today. I'm I'm Dominican tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. You know what you look like, honestly? You look like you like the, the Yemenese Judd Hirsch from Taxi. That's what you look like. What? Yeah, you look Man, like that's a dated reference. I gotta look that shit up. <laughs> you never saw Taxi? Way back in the day, bro. Judd Hirsch, okay. Back. He was in Independence Day also. Look it up. You look just like you look like the, the Yemen Judd Hirsch. This piece of shit, motherfucker. Wasn't he the guy who's dear John? That was right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's what you yeah, look yeah, like. Yeah. That's what you look like. Well, if I look Jewish, then I mean, somebody give me a goddamn studio to run. <laughs> oh boy! Come on, man. Now we're gonna get canceled. Oh boy! Oh yeah. boy! You mentioned don't that. I, oh, don't, I, don't I get a bank? <laughs> <laughs> man, oh, guys, these are jokes. If you see the video, I'm in a room full of black guys ready to pound, pound my, and pound my ass. Yeah, of all the fuck, <laughs> yeah, of all the fucking screenshot, why that one? Why that one? That's stupid. <laughs> I've been having like I've been having like writing meetings with a lot of some of my friends, and yeah, anytime I, I try to like do something stupid with the with the background. I mean, do people watch the video of this? Oh yeah, dude, the videos. Yeah, this this is a video. Oh that, no. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, so yeah, this oh, is you, no. bro. This is you. It's all you, oh, bro. No. Yeah, this is how you're going out to the world when it comes out. Yeah. Ah, oh, he's stuck. Are you stuck? Damn it. Hey. Okay, there you are. There you are. That's <laughs> cracking. Oh, I love that. Oh, I like that, mm. man. That's fucking awesome, bro. We've been having some good discussions. Before we start going to the Yemeni thing, we were talking about something else, man. I completely forgot. We were talking about religion. That's what it was. No, I, I, you know what? I love talking about it because, I mean, honestly, it's like I question all that shit now because how, how you grew Because, But then again, no, people don't realize – how it was back then so it's in a way it's like okay i'm not so mad it's like because it was it was pre-internet so you know it's kind of but i remember just being in like sunday school and i hated going to sunday school i remember going oh fuck i knew that on, on sundays i knew if i woke up and mom was making pancakes i knew that meant we weren't going to sunday school so if she made oh yeah yeah because pancakes take a long time to make 
and I know I go, I go, all right, she's making pancakes. So we're not going to go to Sunday school. We're going to go to the big church if we go to church at all. <laughs> now, but if she didn't make pancakes, I go, ah, oh, fuck, we're going to Sunday school. So, and, I didn't, and, that was back in day, and that was back before I even said fuck. So I was like, ah, oh, fuck, we're going to Sunday school, which I think is a bad way to start off going to church. And then I, was, I remember being there going, <laughs> I remember going, I, I don't, I, I don't, uh, this don't make any, fu- I remember thinking, this don't make any fucking sense. So I was like, I mean, like, to me, as a kid, I go, Okay, this guy lived this many years old. He had this many kids, and it didn't. You know, I was like, "This don't make any fucking sense." And so I remember yeah. ask, asking the dude, the Sunday school teacher, like, "Okay, how old was Jesus when he got killed?" Okay, so I asked him. Quay goes, uh, "Like, you know, like you stump him," and they go, "Well, it, it's just the way it was," you know. And I'm like, "Okay, man, whatever." And I just remember, like, I, I never was into it. I was always going. I was the same way, bro. Yeah, yeah. So you question it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I said, man, if you have the faith and you put it out there to the universe. I'm a firm believer, then good things happen. But at the same time, now that I'm older, you know, I kind of got to ride this Jesus thing out in a way. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, really? Now you're getting older, you're kind of like, hey, man. No, no, no. I I, no, I, I definitely don't want to get to the point where every, after everything you go, you know, as long as the good Lord thinks, oh, fuck. I, I, I cannot stand that shit. When somebody says that, when you're talking to them and they bring up Jesus in a way that you weren't even talking about religion, you know what I mean? Like, how are you? Oh, I can't stand when people put everything on religion. Yes. I cannot stand. And that we're like, like everything is like it's in God's hands, hopefully in God. I'm like a lot of those people, man, you can see that they use it. They're actually really weak. They don't really want to do anything. There's a there's a there's a term in, in Arabic, both 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 Muslims and Christians and atheists all use it. And it's inshallah. You might have heard this before. Inshallah, which means God willing. Right. Okay. So like if you were to say, hey, um, are, are you are you are you are you going to close on that house? Inshallah, God willing. It's a nice thing to say instead of saying yes, you say God willing. Right. right. But a lot of people use it for not a chance. motherfucker. <laughs> people use it all the time for that. Like my mom, my, my mom, are you going to watch me headline Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle? Inshallah. And then she just doesn't show up. <laughs> and then you're like, you can't get this. You know what I mean? <laughs> your own mom fucking your own yeah mom. oh yeah it's it's arabic for no but 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 the thing is they're too weak to tell you but they put it in god's hands and you can't get mad at her because god didn't make her come so so, so, so it god, was not it's, not, it's god's fault <laughs> so, so god was the reason that your mom decided to fucking do yeah, something like, inshallah son i said like. inshallah yeah inshallah i'll be there inshallah if any guy goes inshallah he's not coming he's not coming Man, tell me you do this shit on stage, bro. Because this is this is golden. <laughs> Nobody else does this shit. Nobody. What you talking gotta, about? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do it, man. You're right. These are things that I have kind of worked on. But you know how you do jokes where you're just doing them, then you're like, I'm not. This is not gonna work, dude. You because you know why? Because this makes you unique. I mean, I mean, the fact that now, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's another com- comic from uh, Yemen that I follow also. But I mean, so you know, who's that? Guy. Ali Sultan. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, 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 that's my boy, bro. He's good shit. Okay, you know it's funny. I follow him, but I've never met him. But I follow him, and I think he's funny. And I'm- I still haven't met him. We we've, we've talked, we've we chatted on on the phone, on the text stuff. I still, I'd like to do a show with him. I, I, you know, I was thinking about that. I go, you guys should do a show. I think that'd be great. There's another uh, comic. He's blowing up on TikTok. His name is Ahmed Al Qadri. He's another Yemeni comic. Really, really cute. I want to punch him in the face. He's so cute. Uh, but he's he's also and I'm and I'm and I'm trying to do a tour maybe with me, him, and Ali Sultan and maybe do it called the public Yemeni tour or 
call it maybe sleeping with the Yemenis or uh, <laughs> nice. you know, Yemeni, Yemeni snickets or some shit. Hey, inshallah. <laughs> no, see, exactly. We're never going to do it, bro. We're never going to do it. <laughs> but I think that's great, though. Man, dude, that is honestly... That's because that's going to be unique. You like, can't see. You got to get closer. You got to get closer. You got to get closer because it's so quick. There you oh, go. Oh, hey, there look. he is. Look at he. You know, he look. He's dead. He look like he's like a like. <laughs> he's like he's a ghost. Look at my background. Look at my back. My background is just a look bunch the of ghost black of fucking, fucking Look at the ghost of Vince Morris. <laughs> oh, they're going to. It's, it's the ghost of Vince <laughs> Morris. Look at. <laughs> yeah, bro. This 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 orgy just got crazier. <laughs> But I think, but honestly, what you're sitting on right now, man, is unique. You're unique. That voice, that story you do with the with the Marine and how it brought down the things of hate and how it's just a bunch of bullshit. I mean, honestly, that is what makes you unique. And if you do in the funny and the funny spin on religion, dude, and how you guys are basically the hoes. I mean, of of Yemen. Fuck, <laughs> I mean that. That is fucking great because it, you know, because it, especially somewhere in the south, like you know, you're in Arkansas now. It just knocks down that 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 stereotype. I mean, you and that's what I love about comedy, bro. That's what I love about comedy. One of my favorite things about comedy is teaching people, man. And 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 I love that you enjoy that too, man. Because watching you, same fucking shit, man. You're like you're so engaging with the audience. Same thing with with Vince, man. Like I'm I'm blown away by your guys' performances, man. And not only that, your enthusiasm for comedy is amazing. Making somebody like you in a room laugh is so fucking rewarding. You know what I mean? And I've heard people say that about me because, like, when we watch comedy, we're nerds about it and we're always still amazed about it. Kind of like a pilot who tells me anytime he flies in an airplane, he's still amazed that they're flying. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just weird that a Muslim will mention a pilot and flying. I mean, that's not real. Yeah, bro. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? None of you guys got that, but BT, because he's a genius. No, I got that like, hey, man, that is not a good, like, whoa, cut that. <laughs> if I was a coach, no, don't put that in there. Come on, bro. You know, that's all I like to do is talk about fucking that shit. Bro. No, but I, no, I think, no, because you know what? I have a, I still have the passion for it, man. I mean, I, this, to me, it's sometimes it's like he's on a job. It's like, I just fucking love doing that. I mean, honestly, it's like the song by Huey Lewis. All I need is a couple of days off, bro. I mean, if I was doing comedy, all I need is a couple of days off and I'm good. And other than that, it's going to be motorcycle racing and a racing period. And then it's comedy and entertainment. You love motorcycle racing, bro. Oh, that, that's my shit, dude. I mean, I, hey, you, that, I, yeah, that, that's why it's kind of cool. That is your thing. It's kind of cool to have somebody. I have guests on that aren't in, in the motorcycle. I go, okay, it's cool. It's like now it's good to have a guest that's that's you know in my field in, in entertainment because you know if it was up to me, I think honestly, I think ninety five percent of the guests would be motorcycle racers or racing or in the racing community. So it's good to. Uh, to break Do you ever up. get a lot of racers on? I get racers. I get uh, the the journal. The racers are hard to come by, but the journalists. I get the journalist. Uh, my buddy is at the top level of racing, so I can get him on. He's been on twice, and I had a girl on. She races. Yeah, I saw you've been promoting him a lot. You've been very proud. Dude, I mean, that's what I mean. I just fucking lo I, I love racing. I love riding motorcycles and I love comedy. And that, that's my passion or just talking to people, period, is my passion. And sometimes going outside of my realm of talking to somebody, I'm trying to get this lady on who's this black lady out of South Central and she's an atheist, but she also is like really into rock and roll and she's a femi a hardcore, fe like a hardcore feminist. I think she's lesbian. So I want to get her on also and talk to her. I, I just want to learn. I think. Out, to me personally, that's why she I in California. Yeah, she's in LA. She's in South Central. You know, is she hot? 
No, but I mean, but hey, I hope she doesn't Fuck. see this. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I hope she don't. Watch this, watch this be the one episode she watches, like, like, yeah. like, like twenty five minutes in. Wait a minute, he said I wasn't hot, you know, and then like, and she'll go, "Fuck you!" I saw what you said, but yeah, I don't think she's very hot, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but I, but I just love learning because I think one of the things I hate more than anything in life. When you talk to somebody, go, I'm getting old. I go, shut the fuck up. You're only old when up. you want to quit learning or you're, or you're dead. You know what I mean? Yes. Always yes. learn about fucking everything. Yes. I didn't know this shit about you, and I work with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let fact, me ask you something, BT. The only, oh, time, the only time we talked was after, I think, the with it Friday shows, the second show Friday, I think that's the only time. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's like we did our shows and we're like, hey, good show, blah, blah, and then I would bounce. And then I think after Friday and second show, we stayed around and shot the shit. And I was like, this motherfucker's cool as fuck. Remember? Hey, I appreciate that. No, yeah, man. We that was around, the same thing with you, dude. Yeah. Yeah. We sat around and talked, and that's why I was like, I want to learn more about this motherfucker because I mean, you were so, you know, cool about telling you about your culture, telling about this and that. And like, I just found it, in fact, like, I want to know how did you get, get from Yemen to the United States? States and then have the prince of mind. I want to join the military. How did that hat come about? Oh well, you know, okay. First off, I my mom and dad were born in Indonesia, so I've already established like there's a lot of Yemenis that are born in Indonesia. Right. Um, and uh, but then my dad uh, married my mom, brought her to Detroit, and then because my dad worked at Chrysler, um, and then you know he had me and my sister, uh, and my father was a was a ball buster, man. The motherfucker was a ball buster. He was just the level of fucking discipline, man. Like, I joined the Marines to get away from him. Wow. I didn't join to serve our country, bro. That's why people say, thank you for serving our country. I was like, bitch, thank you for getting me away from my dad. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I was the only one at boot camp laughing. I was the only one. I would, I could, I'd always get in, in trouble because I would uncontrollably laugh when they punished me because I knew it was a, uh, an act. Really, I knew, and not only that, I knew that I was like, I was always like, this is only ninety days. <laughs> in my head, I was like, this is only going to go on for ninety days. Whereas there's other guys in my platoon that were like trying to swim off the island. <laughs> uh, some some motherfuckers are trying to fucking commit suicide. People are crying at night for their mom. And I'm just like, bro, my dad's not here. <laughs> for real. For I real. So that's the real reason I joined the Marines, man. Me and my dad. My dad was just a ball buster. Bro. Like in what way? Like give like, me some examples. Like what, like what do you do? Okay. So he, listen, he was a fucking good father. Yeah. But he was too good. Like it was in. way too much. So, for example, Saturday mornings, uh, summertime, even during school time, my dad would work the night shifts. So then he would come up home six o'clock in the fucking morning. And on Saturday, I never really got the chance really to just enjoy Saturday morning cartoons. I never got the chance to actually really enjoy sleeping in on a Saturday because my dad would roll in the house 645, snatch the fucking comforter out of me, make me get up, do push-ups, squats, calisthenics, and the, which was a good thing, you know what I mean? And, right. then, and, then, and, then, and then after every workout, asking how I feel after that workout, feel good, yeah, okay, what are you going to do today? Because if you can't tell me, I'll give you something to do. Wow. 
Wow. And why and why was that? He wanted to you know the, the value of hard work or what? Yeah, my dad, my dad came from uh, really, really hard work, uh, very, very poor family. My dad uh, was bow legged because he was malnourished, um, you know, so my dad came from like a rough echo. My mom, on the other hand, very rich family very well off people are all big business people my mom was the type of woman that wanted to get the family's money to influence us but my dad wanted to raise us gutter so my dad had money too my dad was working and at chrysler but he was just frugal but he wasn't frugal because he was trying to punish. he just wanted us and I, and I and I respect him for this because he wanted us to appreciate what's important. You know, he wasn't going to buy me Air Jordans. You I was going to go to school with pay less shoe source shoes and everyone laugh at me. He would just fuck it, deal with it. You know, uh, if people ever tried to fight me or whatever, he would give me the green light to beat the fuck out of me. He would teach me how to fight. You know what I'm saying? His, his only rule was you don't start it, you end it. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah, he's a very, he's a Old school, he's a very honorable man, you know what I mean? And not only that, he didn't want me to, uh, you know, be so materialistic, which was also very good. But but as a kid, I couldn't really enjoy myself that much. He did take us on a lot of vacations. That's where he would put the money in. He'd show us the world. He would take us around and stuff, which was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but he was a ball buster. And to the point where when I got, I was 19, I already graduated college. I mean, high school. My curfew is 9 p.m. Are you fucking serious? That's what I'm saying. That's like the level of fucking strictness that he had. Like I didn't I, like when I when I grew up as a kid, I remember I wasn't I wasn't bonding with my fucking friends as much as I could, because as I became a teenager, I became more and more frustrated that anytime I did hang out with them, I'd have to be home before the fucking the lights on the streets would come on. Right. And I'm like 16 and then. Anytime I would hang out with my friends, I would resent my father because they would have all these amazing stories that of the night before and the things that they did when they were hanging out at night and the girls that they met and the funny shit that they did and the trouble that they almost got into with the cops. They had war stories, man. And I had none of that fucking shit because my dad just so not only that, my father was uh, was 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 not in a good relationship with my mom. My mom really wanted nothing to do with my dad, the whole marriage. They literally stuck together just for the kids. So my dad made me his buddy. Does that make sense? And not only that, my dad, my meaning that I couldn't do shit. Like I always had to be around him working and doing whatever he, he was fucking doing. Um, so I never really had any fucking freedom, bro. I had no freedom to like really expand my wings as a fucking man. And then like one day, man, um, I was going to go to prom and my buddy wanted me to go to prom. And he's like, dude, my girlfriend has a really cute cousin. She thinks she's cute this really hot fucking white girl named Amber from Sterling Heights, which is 20 miles away from where we were. Oh, okay. Oh, and, and I was like, damn. So I'm, I guess I'm going to go to fucking prom. So I got ready to go to prom. My mom's all fucking excited. Me and my fucking Arab friend drive from our fucking Arab fucking enclave of Dearborn, Michigan. And we drive to Sterling Heights where all these fucking shiny, sparkly white people are. And I come from a place where if I tried to fucking date an Arab girl, you'd always have this anxiety of the impending danger of her brothers jumping out of a bush to beat the fuck out of you. You know what I'm saying? So like in my mind, it's not really easy to freely be with women, but we go to these white neighborhood to pick up these white girls to have them come to our Arab fucking prom. Okay. And we get there and I swear to God, both parents were there. 
parents for the one girl and both parents for the other girl were both there waiting for us, excited that these fucking greaseball Arabs are coming to take their fucking precious white girls to their Arab prom. And these white parents were just sitting there going, hey, what's up? My name is Bob and this is Rachel. And oh my God, let's take pictures. They were so excited. They were so excited. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, bitch, I'm taking them to my prom. Why are you excited? You excited that I'm just going to fuck your daughter tonight. I, I don't get it. So like, like they were so relaxed about it, BT. And, and, and it blew my fucking mind. The, the mother was taking pictures with me, blah, blah, blah. And then we're about to go to the prom. And I remember my mom said, Michael, you bring your dates here. I want to see them. I want to meet them. I want to take picture, picture, picture. My mom was the very fun, funny socialite. My dad was the fucking guy who was just like very like, you know, I always said my dad was the type of person that when he entered the room, he'd suck the collar out of the room. You know what I mean? That's like the type of fucking demeanor this guy had, right? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mom is like telling me, Michael, you bring them here. I want picture. And I'm just like in my heart of hearts. I'm like, oh, I don't want to bring them here around my dad, man. Like if my dad wasn't here, it'd be perfect. Cause my mom is, my mom is, that's where I get my, my charisma from my, my, my ability to socialize from my mom. My mom can make friends with the devil and suck it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Convert the devil to fucking go back to God. That's how my mom is. So we get to the fucking place in my house and I, and I'm, I'm fucking regretting it BT, but my mom wanted that picture so bad. So I pulled up, we pulled up and I'm, I'm, I'm in this. Okay. Come on. We got to take pictures. Real quick. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that's, that's my mind. So we get there, we get out, these beautiful girls step out of the car and everything. My mom's like, Oh my God. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. She's got there. My sister comes out. She loved or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, okay, okay. We're about to take the picture and everything. And next thing you know, we just start feeling the color disappearing. Oh. <laughs> so okay. Dead. And my dad is on the fucking porch now, just fucking standing there, ruining the mood. Everything. Even the birds flew away. They just left <laughs> in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? And he's just sitting there, bro, with his fucking, ugh. And he goes, okay, everybody inside, 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 inside. Everybody, come, 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 come. And I'm like, God damn it, what the fuck? We go into the living room. This motherfucker made a circle of chairs. And it was ghetto as fuck, too. It was mixed-matched chairs. He had a couple of the dining chairs. He had the sofa chair, milk crate. You know what I'm saying? Like, Because he wanted to get the whole family around. We sit the whole family, we're all sitting around. I'm fucking like, this is like the worst. As soon as I saw this, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Right, right, right. <laughs> we sit down, bro. Me, my mom, my sister, the dates, my dad, the fucking cat was there. And we're sitting there, and my dad's just sitting there quiet. He's not saying anything. Just making shit awkward. We're all sitting there waiting for something to happen. He's just staring at the girls, just staring. And then he goes, okay. He goes to my date, what is your name? And she's like, um, I'm Amber. Okay, Amber, yes, yes, yes. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Sterling Heights. Oh, Sterling Heights. Hmm. What are you going to do with my son tonight? 
And she just starts looking at me, and this got really fucking awkward. And my mom was the best. She's like, okay, pictures, pictures, okay. <laughs> it gets everyone to go outside. My mom is perfect. God, everyone else, okay, this is getting awkward. Everybody, pictures, pictures. And my dad, my dad. This is what I knew I was getting the fuck out of here, bro. My dad goes, Michael, come here, come here, come here. He, everybody goes outside. He makes me go in the bedroom and he closes the door. Michael, what time you go home tonight? I go, um, it's prom. What time do you want me to go home? 10 o'clock. I'm like, it's 8 o'clock now. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking 10 o'clock? It's prom. I don't care. You come home 10 o'clock. I'm not coming home 10, dad. I'm not coming home then. Okay, okay, what time you come home? I go, what, two? No, 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 two, 11. I'm not coming up. So we agreed on 12. We got to midnight. In my heart, I'm like, I'm not coming home, bro. I'm like, fuck you, okay? And that I'm like, I'm pissed. I couldn't believe that this is actually happening, right? Because yeah. now I'm becoming, man, this is like a little too fucking much. That's it, that's it right there, yeah. When the boy becomes And then man. Just, before, just before I fucking go to walk out of the bedroom, he closes the door again. He goes, Michael? I have something very important to tell you. This girl here, she gonna try to have sex with you tonight. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, I hope so, motherfucker. And he goes, we are Muslim, we do not do this, okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I go to prom, I didn't come home for three days. No. I took Amber to Cedar Point roller coaster theme park. We fucking met her aunt in Ohio. And we fucking died. Like, I said, fuck you, motherfucker. I'm not coming home at 12. And if I come home at 12, I'm going to be grounded. Go fuck yourself. I'm not coming home for three fucking days. So that, and that was the beginning of me and my fucking dad really starting to fucking get to a, 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 a problem because then my dad started playing games with me. He bought me a car for graduation, and then he started using the car to keep me home. So if I didn't do what he wanted, he would take the keys with him to work so I couldn't drive my car. So he played these little fuck fuck games like that. And then all of a sudden, I got fed up, man. And one fucking day, man, me and my dad, we got into a fucking fight, man. And I punched him in the fucking face. Are you serious? I came home. I decked him in the face, bro. I hit him. And I remember when I fucking hit him, it was like, as soon as I hit him, I remember it was like, oh shit, I hit my dad. And it was like, I instantly just cowered and just like, you know, covered myself because I felt bad. Right. And then he threw me out of the fucking house, bro. He was flipping out. He goes, you're out of this house. My sister's crying. My fucking mom was crying. The cats ran in the basement, the whole fucking house just was upheaval bro and my dad threw me out and he told me he goes if you can't follow my rules join the marines maybe you can follow their rules and then the next fucking day i signed up wow that is the coolest join the marine story hey beast of kkk story <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i'm saying so then yeah i joined the fucking marines after that and then um and and, and to make matters worse my buddy who's my best friend uh tried to talk me out of it he, he, he's a very religious Egyptian guy. And uh, after work, I was like, drive me to a payphone. And I go to the payphone and I call this recruiter. 
And I go, hey, man, I want to join the Marines. He's like, all right, come to my place. And then I go back in the car and my best friend is like, you're not joining the Marines. I go, yeah, yeah. I just called the guy. I'm going over there. I go, drive me over there. He goes, I'm not driving you to join the Marines. And then I go, okay. I got out of the car and I started walking. He's like, where are you going? And I go, if you're not going to go fucking walk there, bro. I, I need a place to live. I just got kicked out of my fucking mom's house. And then he goes, okay, fine. I'll drive you there. And he's so melodramatic Muslim, this guy. Yeah. Okay. He, he, he loves, he loves being Muslim and he, Less to spin poetic about being Muslim and shit. You know, he's one of those guys. So we're fucking driving. And he goes to me, he goes, you know what, bro? God wants me to drive you to the recruiting station. This is my, this, this is my destiny, bro. Do you want to know why? I'm going to talk you out of it. That's why. We're going to go there and I'm going to talk you out of it. And then he signed up with me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we joined in the buddy system. He couldn't see his best friend leave, so he signed up with me right on the spot. Fucking hey, bro. That's what <laughs> I'm talking about, man. That's what so that's the reason why I joined the Marines, bro. That's why people are like, oh, thank you for serving our country. I was like, bro, trust me. I didn't do it for the country. Hey, do me a favor. Take the glasses off. I want to see I want to see your oh, eyes. Yeah, take those off. Oh, oh. I'm sorry, bro. No, no, no. I completely fucking forgot. I wasn't. I was looking at the, the dilated thing the whole time. You know, I want to see your eyes. You make me want to. Um, look at you. Look at you. Look at you. You make me want to do that story on stage. Dude, somehow. I mean, seriously, if, if you tighten that motherfucker up, that's, a, hey, that's golden. What did I tell you beforehand? I said, I mean, except for this week, you're fucking, you got to be putting heat on those fucking headliners, man. I mean, I don't know who's, who's going to be fucking following you. Who wants to? After those fucking stories, that's some real shit. And anybody, and, it, and it, this is how life is, is that that is across the board. I mean, that's just because, you know, your family ain't Muslim. They happen to be Muslim. But, hey, man, I don't care who you are in society. Every guy, to a, to a, every boy to a man has had that, okay, I'm sick of my dad. You got to stand up to your dad. Either where, you know, it came to physical. I mean, it just happens. That's just the way it is. That's life. And in a way, I don't know if you guys have worked it out, they kind of respect you more for it. I mean, it's like, I remember I, was, I used to respect my dad all the time, but he'd always yell at me. And I, was, I think I was a senior. And he was yelling at me. I said, I go, quit fucking yelling at me. And I remember that. And yeah, and he got that real, like, that quiet. I was like, oh, here we go. And he looked at me. And I was like, oh, shit, here comes the hit. And it never came. And I go, yes. I, I you, respect, you know what I mean? It's like, I think they push you and they think you're a boy. And then you got, God damn it, you got to stand up to him. And when you do it, they kind of go, okay, he's ready. You know what I mean? And now, I mean, fuck, now, my God, I love talking about that. I feel like we're best. I mean, every time we talk, he tells me a different story. Like, I, oh, that's I, good. I knew it was cool when we got to the point. He told me how he got laid in England, but he didn't say he got laid. He goes, he goes, I had a good time in England. And that's all he said. But, you know, you read between the lines. Yeah, and for sure. And that's the great part about, hold on for that. There's girls on the side. Hey, girls, how you doing, ladies? Good to see you, ladies. That's why I love this podcast. People pass by and they can hear it. It, it broadcasts on the outside. So people pass Where are by. you at? I'm in Indianapolis, downtown Indianapolis, on the sidewalk. On um, It's on Market Street. So literally people are passing by and they can I hear I see it. them. I, see? I yeah. see some booties in the reflection bro. hey be careful they're in high school man they're some, in high school you can go to jail distractions <laughs> hey girls like hey hey man we're in indiana <laughs> they heard that they tell, <laughs> they tell their daddy i'm going to jail bro daddy there's this black man he talked about next thing you know yeah. come on now you're going to jail they're gonna deport me to a country i never was born <laughs> <laughs> fuck you know what i hate about this man it's almost fucking over we didn't get to the comedy part man <laughs> fuck dude i, I honestly this I, is I'm telling you, man. I gotta get you on my podcast, bro. Well, 
Well, fuck yeah. Detroit, I mean, I'm, duh. Um, I mean, at least I wouldn't do you like me. Don't I call mean, me big time. I hate that shit, bro. I don't people say, oh, you big time. It's not big time. I'm just slow, bro. bro I'm talking about me. I'm, I'm talking about me. I'm, I'm big time, not you. Oh. I mean, no. Yeah, I mean, come oh. on now. I mean, look at me. I've still yeah. got the looks. I still got everything. I mean, come on, bro. BT stands for big time. That's right, bro. I was talking about myself. I was talking about myself. <laughs> And you know what I do? You know what I do? I get up early. I don't fucking wait till noon to do a fucking pot. Because if people don't know. Can I ask you something? Can yeah. I ask you something? Yeah. Can I, I just want to know real quick, though, because yeah. this is one of my things that I like to enjoy understanding people and stuff. Like, what is your daily routine? You seem like a guy who has a routine. You seem like a guy who is on top of your diet. Um, you know, you're on top of, uh, you know, because I mean, you know, as we get up in age, man, look, listen, right now I'm fucking wrecked because I had two cookies yesterday. Okay. <laughs> <Two> fucking cookies. <laughs> <laughs> if I was in another country hearing this, I go, yeah, we got the Americans. Yeah. Send them cookies. No, no, no. no. But listen, well, I mean, listen, my thing is, is as I get older, I'm not I'm starting to realize certain things that I eat really affect my energy, man. You know? Yes. And. No, you're and, right. And, and 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 when I say two cookies, like you're like ha ha ha, but I'm talking about drinking a little bit, eating like shit. I ate a bunch of I ate like shit yesterday. I didn't eat clean like I normally do. Normally I eat meats, fruits, vegetables, and that's when I'm looking good, feeling good. People think I'm fucking, you know, 10 years younger or whatever. No, they but don't. today, no, they don't. today I'm feeling it. So my, my question to you is. What is your morning routine? Do you have do you have one? What's your evening routine? Do you have one? What I do is I try to wake up anywhere between 6.45 and 7.15 every morning, and then I go down and I un unthaw my fruit to get it ready for my smoothie, okay? So then I always have uh, either pineapple water or coconut water for my smoothie, and I put fruits in it, and I might put some moringa or green tea, or uh, I put uh, uh, the, uh, that apple vinegar, throw a little teaspoon of that in there. Apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar. And I for put, the hard-ons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I put some chia seeds, <laughs> uh, chia seeds, some flaxseed, whatever, and uh, whatever. But it's definitely always a smoothie. It always starts off with a smoothie. Started with smoothie, maybe uh, read a chapter of, a, of, a, of a, a positive book I'm reading. Well, now it's Project Oh, really? You'll take a chapter in the morning? Yeah, like a three, a Project 369 is a great one. You know, you read that, it gets me on a positive note, right? my goals down and then I go do about at least anywhere between t anywhere between 10 and 20 minutes of yoga and then uh if it's if it's a bad day I'll go to the gym but anything uh anything warmer than anything warmer than 30 I'll go ride my bicycle cuz I love a long bicycle rides I love cycling so I go I do a, so I go cycle then I come back now I'll take, you know, I'll take a cold shower. I've not taken a hot shower in two years. So I take a cold shower. I've been taking cold showers for over two years now. Take a cold shower. And then that's when the day pretty much begins, man. And then, you know, whatever is whatever. But yeah, then I try to, if I get- How changed, long is that routine? About uh, an hour and a half, two hours? Well, I mean, the, the, the cycling might be, I mean, that's at least going to be two hours on, on the bicycle, at least outside. The cycling is two hours? Yeah, at least. If I'm outside riding, yeah, I love the cycle. I love cycling. Oh, man, by the time your morning routine is done, it's the afternoon. Yeah, it's about noon. It's about noon. Yeah, because I like to get out around once a month. If I get on a bicycle outside, it's going to be at least at least 10 o'clock. So I'll probably come back around 12, 12, 30. And it's a long cycle, maybe one uh, to take a shower, then lunch. And then after that, uh, on Monday and Wednesdays, I go to acting class in Louisville, Kentucky, which is two hours away. So I got to leave around 4.30 to get there for acting class, you know, and then come back. So I'm home by 11, and then I try to get some writing in, or definitely some reading or whatever, work on something. So, yeah, that's pretty much my routine. And then when I do it— What time do you go to bed? Uh, anywhere between 2 and 3, 
Bef- I try to go. Bef- and then you wake up at six forty-five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck everything about you and your fucking tight face. How does your face not sag with only three hours of sleep? You piece of shit. I looked at two cookies yesterday and I'm fucking wrecked. How, how old are you, by the way? How old, how old are you? Forty-six. Oh my god, you look horrible. No, I'm just. <laughs> Fucking- we're done now. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking with you, man. No, no, honestly, you know what it is? I do look, I do look like shit taking my I'm puffy as fuck right now. Hey, bro. you know what you do, honestly? Drink try to drink at least a gallon of water every other day or or, or, or every two days. A I gall- do. Uh, yeah. I try. Drink your water. Jay man, just drink your water. Get some exercise. Get a nice sweat in every day. Try to get every day. No, I do that. I do all that stuff. Listen, man. If I'm on top of my shit, my health specifically, the food that I eat. Yeah. I'm running on all cylinders. Well, man. I'm also plant based. I think it helps too. I think it helps too. I, I, oh, really? I don't, I don't, I don't, so when you say plant based, does that mean you also eat eggs? Yeah, because I'm, I'm not vegan. You know, I'm not yes. vegan. Like, or you're not vegetarian. I, I'm vegetarian, but I'll eat eggs every now and then. Like, I won't make. Yeah, it yeah, up. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like you know those people that are born again Christians. You're but, not militant. Yeah, I'm not militant about it. Like, you know, it, what is that feta <laughs> off my salad? You know, I'm like, I'll take it. I, I won't. I'm gonna bitch about it. But yeah, I feel you. I, I try to go. I feel you. Yeah, I try to. I try to keep it as halfway strict as possible. You know what I mean? And you're saying that 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 has contributed to your energy. Man, honestly, man, it's just like I said, man. I'm just wanting to do this. Just fucking gets high on life, bro. If I get to get a good bicycle ride in and put my music in my fucking headphones and I'm riding, dude, and go out in the country and hope, you know, I don't get one of those dudes that has KKK tattooed on his arm and runs up to a ditch. You know, it's a, if you it's find good... him, tell him Eshak's looking for him. <laughs> yeah, if, if I'm able to survive. But <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, only a couple times is that like somebody said something. Well, I mean, which is good. I've been riding the country in Indiana for I don't know how many years. Only a couple times I think somebody said something. I think. I got the music in, so I don't really know. So, yeah, it's good. But, man, that's just my routine, dude. I just, you know, and I think loving what you do is, is, is I mean, honestly, I think loving what you do in every aspect of life sure. has to help. You know what I mean? 100%. If you, 100%. Wake, if you wake up and go, in, instead of going, I'm going to my job, you wake up going, hey, man, I get to talk to Ishak today. I get to shoot the shit with Ishak. Or I get I get a guest, oh, I can't wait to ask him about this. Or, you know, I'm going to work out. Oh, I get to ride the bicycle today. Or I can do this. You know, it's not like, ah, oh, fuck, I got to go to this goddamn job. Dude, oh. your energy is infectious, man. So, yeah. That's one thing that I, I remember working with you, bro, is like your energy always always dude you are always at a 10.5 man and it's amazing and it's like it's not even it's not even too much some people there you say they got that energy at 10.5 but your shit is just like i don't know man so like when i see people like you i always want to see like what is your routine what are you doing to get your head in the right space what are you eating where are you because a lot of those things affect us man everything everything. if you ate what i ate yesterday you would be looking like shit today You know what I'm saying? Hey, it's a true story. I think I had a donut the other day, and I hardly ever eat donuts, but my roommate got them for her son, and he didn't like them, so she goes, hey, I got donuts. And I go, oh, this shit is fucking nasty. So I was like, they're just going to sit there because I can't, I can't eat that shit. You didn't eat them? No, I can't eat that shit, man. I can't eat that shit anymore. I mean, seriously, they donuts, blech, I can't. You know, try to keep it pretty pure, bro. Try to keep it pure. Because one day I'm going to be in a, I'm gonna be in a movie, bro, and I want to look good. And I'll go, what's your secret? Bro. And I'll tell my secret, bro. Yeah. I'm on station 19, bro. I man, I was gonna get to that before we got it. Yes. I, honestly, 
And it's great because you were on Station 19. When you got your role, I was up for a role in Chicago Fire. I didn't get it, but you got yours. And I'm so fucking happy for you. So congratulations you, on that. Man, I mean, damn it, we got to fucking wrap up. But I'm, I mean, we, and we didn't even get to, I wouldn't even talk to you. That's how good this fucking episode was, man. I mean, if I'm this was fun, man. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad it's because I, I got to listen to the audio on this because I'm going to see if I can try to listen to that those stories and see if I can work it in my Motherfucker. I mean, honestly, this was fucking gold. Was it not gold, Wyatt, or was it not gold? This is my producer. What? No, it was a really good podcast. But I think the prom story, I think you could like stretch that out. And there's a couple parts in there, like when your mom says picture, um, when your friend says when you friend when you say your friend signed up with you, like those are like all like like one liners that you can hit. I think that prom story, I would you could definitely take that to a stage. I think. When did you become? Yeah, a some fucking, people say the prom story. When did you become a comedy manager? Why? Ever since I've been around hey. you for two years, and everything is about like I mean, I'm, I've been around you for a while, and Ben and all these people, so I I, I watch comedy. I kind of. This dude is the coolest motherfucker, man. I two years ago, I mean, I, I came in for a podcast. And he and we kind of got to talking. I said, okay, fuck it, yeah. And this was before the pandemic, obviously. He was 19 when I met him, but I knew he had something. And now, two years later, I mean, I took, I listened to him because he's younger, so I listened to that, you know. And now, look where we are. But this motherfucker has never heard of Pearl Jam. He's a white kid, 20, ain't never heard of Pearl Jam. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Pearl Jam was the 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 band that crossed me over into like listening to rock and that was the band that was the band that got me to go from public enemy to okay maybe i'll hang out with the burnouts and smoke cigarettes <laughs> they, they were your, they were your jackie robinson they were your jackie robinson sure yeah, yeah and, pearl jam's and, amazing and i'm his and i'm his branch ricky because i introduced i told him about pearl jam and just at seattle sound with sounds to me soundgarden was the best band of all of them motherfucker soundgarden allison chains dude soundgarden allison chains are the best chains. rock and roll bands out of seattle and uh, yes and that's including that's yes. including queens who was great and uh uh, uh, uh screaming trees i think it's from that area you know screaming trees mm, no uh, no I, mean, I hate when black dudes know more about rock and roll than fucking anybody uh, anyway yeah, yeah. but yeah, hey, it's a sting allison chains and fucking soundgarden dude i, I mean i, I like why have you ever listened to allison chains never even heard of them see what i mean man let me do you like rock um i'm not sure you don't, not, you don't listen how to are you not sure that you like rock? Or, I mean, who says that? Do you like rock? <laughs> I'm not, not white sure. anymore, bro. How, how are we whiter than you? <laughs> yeah. I, what's I think going I, on? I think I do. Like, I, if you give me, like, probably, like, a mainstream rock song, I'd probably, I'd probably like it. I just don't even know, like, I don't even know. I love Alice in Chains because Alice in Chains, to me, is the perfect mixture of classic rock, alternative rock, and a little bit of country. It's whoa, whoa, weird. Whoa. I'll listen to it. Now, where'd you get the country part at? Because I agree with you until you said that part. Because they listen to them like, 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 can I play music on here? Uh, no, copyright, copyright, copyright. Copyright. So like Heaven Beside You. Yes. I like, okay. Heaven Beside You almost kind of sounds like it's kind of hey, almost country, but man. Tell me Especially the, the way they. The first three chords of Stay Away. Stay away is one of my the same thing. Oh my dude! I mean, that's that, I was just listening to that. That's like on my like list. That's on the top of my like list. That song. Well, if it comes on and you're in the car, that will. I don't care who. Your mom can be in the car. You go shut the fuck up, mom. I mean, that, that's, yes, that's not good. That's song. Mom, Wyatt, shut the listen fuck to Alice and Shade. Stay away. Uh, that's a real good one. Uh, no excuses. No excuses. and and no. Excuses. But you. I got you. Hey, but no. 
the first part of Angry Chair. Yes, Angry Chair. Yes, and not only that, like it's almost like that's where rock and Middle Eastern music meets too, because like because 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 he's got that. I'm like, I'm at the mosque right now, bro. What the fuck's happening, dude? Facelift motherfucker i mean people, yes. talk about, people talk about the first album from from van halen and, and alice and uh, 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 uh guns and roses appetite for destruction but i will put facelift against any though as far as debut albums yes very good man facelift I mean, was man great. in the box uh uh, uh man sea, in the box. sea of sorrow was rooster rooster was in jar of flies i think right i think no rooster was on uh 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 uh, 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 uh with uh with the same one with the uh angry chair and and and, and rain Rain, Angry Chair, Rooster, um, and and Wyatt. When you listen to these people, when you listen to Alice and Chains, this is the thing that I love about Alice and Chains is this: they, they, it's the only band I know where every instrument and every vocal they allow each other to flex. Mm -hmm. Meaning, you listen to a lot of rock songs where the music melds in together. Mm -hmm. Alice and Chains doesn't do that. The drummer will have a beat where he just hits one thing off beat, so you know he's there. Oh, I uh, the 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 bassist will find a way to like in the middle of a lull to boom, whatever, and it just everybody right. in that band flexes in a way where you can know that they're there and they do it so well, man. Dude, I love yeah. I love Allison Chains. Allison Chains, bro. I mean, the, the the moment I saw that video, man, the box, I go, who are these motherfuckers? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Sitting in my shit. Wow. Yes. Wow, wow, wow. wow. Yes. <laughs> but such good shit, man. man especially Rooster. I mean that yes. just that beginning of Rooster and how yes. wow 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 yeah wow. I mean yeah. do you feel the heroin needle going in your arm on that album with Angry bro. Chair you feel like oh man yeah fuck, bro you feel yeah. it you yeah. feel they made you feel I mean usually blues and country make you feel but they made you feel that heroin needle going in yeah. your arm bro there was pain there's pain in the music and one thing that I liked about it is. They go from in every song, they go from melodic to eerie. Yes. To melodic to eerie. They always do that. They'll go into this ballad where they're like, oh, it's so melodic. And they come together and then they start singing and then they play a little off key. And then the 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 the, the musician plays off tempo. And then it feels like, whoa, now they're they got you off your balance. And then they're back into fucking being melodic. I I just, there's one of my favorite bands of the 90s. It reminds me of the song Beautiful Ones by Prince. It was so beautiful. And then he goes, remember that? And then when he, and he goes, and it goes. Yes. And, and that's when the relationship goes bad. And that was a brilliant song by Prince. I think maybe, maybe his best song by Prince. Man, we could You talk know about what's the beautiful, you know what's the beautiful thing about all of this? I know we can nerd out about this forever, but that thing that we're talking about is the, is, is the core of comedy. It's just misdirection. They're doing it. Our brains are in tune to really latch on to something that misdirects us. They, we love that. That's why when Sting, Sting would do that a lot of his fucking music where he would sing melodically and then the, the beat would still go on a whatever E and then he would sing in a different key. And then you're just like, oh, and then he only does it one time out of three. And you're like, oh, do it again, bro. Bring that misdirection back. But then he doesn't do it the next time. But then he does it one more time. You're like, ah, oh, there it is again. 
that's comedy. Comedy is about that misdirection. God damn it, man. We could talk all day. My man, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. What a damn episode. My we fucking killed it, bro. We fucking you killed, killed it. it, bro. No, we yo, you did. You and the fucking being a cuckold here with the with the with the guys in the background. I thought it was great with the What? I didn't know these guys were here, huh? <laughs> with the Mandingo boys. I think that's great. Huh. <laughs> hey, tell the people where they can uh, find you at. Tell the people where they can find you at. Guys, everything, uh, you can find me at Mike from Detroit. One word, Mike from Detroit. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pornhub, find me. <laughs> I'm there. Um, <laughs> I have a podcast that I do live um, every Wednesday, Pacific, 2 p.m. I go live, um, and you can watch that live at publicyemeni.com. Um, and the podcast is called Public Yemeni Number 1 with Mike Eshack. The audio can be found wherever you get your um, podcasts. Um, and um, I don't know when this drops, but episode 16 of this season of Station 19, I'll be playing Captain Khalidi. You watch it. It's the only reason I shave my stupid beard. Um, and uh, yeah, follow me uh, on everything because uh, I'll be coming to your town. Also, really quick, can I, can I, can I throw this out there? Yeah, of course. Um, text this number. If you guys want to be a part of my email list, um, 206-207-5422. Text Mike to that number, 206-207-5422. It'll ask you three questions, your name, your zip code, and your email. That way, if I come into your town, I'll let you know. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my pleasure having my buddy Mikey Shad. This guy, and I mean it from the bottom Dude. of my heart, you will have a comedy special in less than five years. I mean, a, a, a comedy special special. I mean, where everybody's going to know it and it's going to be great. It's going to be unique. I knew, I knew you from too, the you stepped on stage because this guy right here has got it. Mike Eshack, thank you so much for joining us on Tales from a Gemini. Thank you guys for watching. I appreciate that. And like I say about this time, you know the word, pay.